We've all had days when we wake up in the morning feeling overwhelmed before we even start our day, deal with change, uncertainty, and stress in healthy ways, crave more focus, calm, or joy in our lives. If any of these sound familiar to you, you'll be glad you're here. If they don't, you could be in serious denial. Our speaker today worked as an emergency room nurse in hospitals across the country for 23 years. She has been speaking to and coaching nurses for the last 26. She is the author of two books and the creator of the Resilience Academy, and most recently, the Wellbeing Coaching Program. Welcome, Diane. Thank Yay. you. Thank you, Sarah. <laughs> How are you, first of all? I like to ask people that question. I'm good. I'm good. Uh, it's a good day. How are you doing? I'm great. Any day off right now is pretty good. <laughs> Sarah's the busy one. She's got a whole, she's a whole spiel. Yeah. So today is technically my day off, but right now my nine to five is coordinating and working at a uh, state emergency response team for mental health and wellness in Southwest Florida. Um, it's the first wow. of its kind. Um, we're on Sanibel Island right now. Um, with crisis counselors, nurses, um, licensed massage therapists, and providing mental health to the people who have lost everything. And we're expanding tomorrow to Fort Myers Beach. And it's it's just something just groundbreaking to be a part of. And so it's a lot. But on Tuesdays yeah. and Thursdays, I get to participate in this amazing podcast, which is wonderful. But I definitely am very booked and busy right now. <laughs> Good for you. Thank you for that that work. That's uh, true crisis intervention um, on the ground. At least you're in a beautiful place. But yeah, it's yeah. Um, after, after the hurricane. So this is post post hurricane. I'm, I'm I'm guessing. Yes. Yes. So Hurricane Ian devastated the Southwest Florida community and the amazing Ami Lee um, through Capacity Path. Uh, got a contract to this through the state to be able to provide mental health services and to be able to pay clinicians to come here. So we have clinicians from across the country, as well as local clinicians providing mental health services to the folks who are imp impacted. And we're providing crisis stabilization so that hopefully the trauma in the future isn't as extensive as it would be without this intervention. So something I'm incredibly proud of being a part of. And just yeah. happy to share that with you, Diane, as well. That's great. That's really great. I, I had not heard about that. So I'm, I'm really happy that, um, to hear about it. Yes. Thank you, Diane. And speaking of nursing, you have 23 years in bedside nursing. What were you seeing in your experience that was a catalyst to speak, write, and coach nurses on their well-being? Well, um, nursing, if you look at nursing, and I've been in it a, long, a little longer than you two, Everything has changed and nothing has changed um, at the same time, if you know what I mean. So nurses have never been great at taking care of themselves, and self-included. So and I haven't been in the bedside for quite some time, but I, I still remember those 12 hours, 12 hour shifts in the ER that turned into 14 hours in the ER and coming home just completely depleted and not doing things that were good for me, <laughs> not actually taking care of myself and doing what I needed, but doing other things that were a little more unhealthy to comfort myself. And so uh, I really got involved in health and fitness and um, started exercising more and um, paying attention to what I ate and cut out the sugar because I like, I am a huge sugar addict. 
And then I started uh, coaching. I got my um, lifestyle counseling um, certificate, and this was way before count before coaching, and started um, coaching. So I was really interested in, in first for myself, then helping other other nurses and eventually other healthcare providers. But I've, I've mainly focused on nurses because we know it, we just don't do it, and um, so that hasn't changed uh, um, over the years. Over 40, 40 years now, I've been a nurse. And so that's that's why I continue to do this work because it's it's not knowing it, it's 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 actually doing it, doing it for yourself. I know, I know. <laughs> to be honest, I'm one of those people too that I, I used to be that girl that comes home. I'm like, I'll just pop a Benadryl, go to sleep, and wake up and do it again. And then I realize, okay, we need to kind of get into a routine that's more healthy. And whether that's you know, now I try to I'm trying to meditate not as successful but now I do yoga and I just get in tune with myself and it's a good way for me to calm down after work because I used to be a storm you can ask my boyfriend because I was just so stressed out so baby steps so working on it yeah. still yeah and we've got all this um we're all revved up and we're all unsettled we've seen some horrible things and we can't really talk to anybody else about it you know someone says how was your day and you think you have no idea and you ha- even if I tried to explain it, you would still have no idea what I've just experienced in the last 13 or 14 hours. And you have no idea how depleted I am. I didn't even know how depleted I was, you know, emotionally, physically, mentally, and spiritually. Now we talk a lot more about it, but I didn't know that I wasn't the only one that was doing coming home and just stuffing my face with sugar or too much wine or, um, you know, vegging out in front of the television. None of those were, were helpful, but that's, that's kind of all I knew for quite some time. And um, we don't know what we don't know sometimes. And that's all, that's the easiest, the passive least resistance. That's what we do. And then we, again, as you said, then we go in and do the next, start all over again the next day and can't wait to the day off. Um, and it's, it's not, um, it's not a great way to actually to live and we, we are in our best and that's what we do. And I, I know I wasn't my best when I was doing that. Mm-hmm. I can definitely relate to the, for a, for a little while after my first year of nursing, which I experienced burnout, um, I started trying to cope with, with wine at the end of the night and I've never been someone that was drinking regularly and I started to because I knew other people would. It was also kind of a running joke. But then I realized, like, this is kind of serious. Like, why am I relying on this? This is not healthy. And this can turn into something even worse if I'm not careful. So like uh, like you said, like, I've now relied on, on yoga. I've relied on hot yoga in particular. And that has helped me immensely. Um, but it's, it's really sad. And it's sad that in nursing culture, it becomes a joke that we talk about, you know, getting drinks after work, after a night shift and getting just absolutely plastered and how that's probably not healthy drinking wine at night to be able to cope. And it's, it, and then we talk about the dark side of it. And the reality of it is that we do have issues of drug addiction and alcohol addiction in nursing and in healthcare as a whole. And we really don't talk about it enough because of the stigma associated with it. So our unhealthy coping mechanisms are causing us so much harm and we don't talk about it. Or when we talk about it, we don't take it as seriously as we should. So thank you, Diane, for you know really addressing that core issue and promoting healthy coping mechanisms. And it's, you know, it's, it's just so much bigger than, 
eat, you know, what we eat, and, uh, drinking wine or not drinking wine, if we exercise or not, if we go to yoga. It, it's so much bigger than that because this whole idea of well-being, which of course is my passion and focus now, is um, is giving ourselves permission, you know, to be human, giving ourselves permission to feel to feel sad or feel burned out or stressed out or overwhelmed or traumatized because we're people just like everybody else. We're just humans and we're not perfect. And I have found that in, in working with nurses for all these years, last 20, well, the last 40, but the last 26 in my, in my coaching business is that we, we just expect so much of ourselves. You know, we just, we just think that we are these supermen and superwomen, And we, you know, we, we and we just, and, and often, this is, I heard this this week, we actually take on more. We get so tired and so um, discouraged and, 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 and just really exhausted. And we just keep piling it on because that's what we're good at. We're good at problem solving. We're good at taking care of others. And we're good at, you know, innovation. And we want to do things like what you're doing right now, Sarah. I mean, that's a huge undertaking, which, of course, is a calling. But we want to be able to keep doing this. And if we don't. If we don't make our own well-being a priority, we can't keep doing this. We can't. It's not sustainable. And if we do show up, and just showing up for work is a little bit more, as we need to be more than that. Because as nurses, we have so much responsibility on so many levels that if we don't, if we don't manage our own well-being, it it, it it's so obvious. But we don't do it. We still don't do it. And and you know, you we all know if we're honest, we are not good patients. <laughs> We are not good advocates for ourselves. Yeah. We are not. We are not really good at asking for help. We're not good at being weak, whatever that means. When the, the true weakness is, you know, is is isolating and being and hiding and not not asking and being honest with ourselves, to pretending that I am okay, I'm okay, I'm okay, until we're not, and then and then we're really not, and then we, you know, then we we lose nurses, we lose them in the extreme way, or we lose them at the bedside, which. Um, is you know one of my missions is to such great nurses that get overwhelmed and, and burned out and say I'm done. I, but the truth is, it really doesn't matter where you go because if you have the same the, the same way of operating, you're going to get burned out no matter what you do. Quite frankly, uh, it's 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 not all the things that are happening around you. Is it's how you internalize and how you deal and, and and what you do for yourself and how you think about yourself. And I just know when I was eating sugar, way too much sugar and drinking too much wine, I didn't feel very good about myself. And then when I, if you don't feel good about yourself, how do you go into work? You don't go into work very happy, very positive, very energetic because you feel bad about yourself. And that kind of turns everything on the outside. You feel bad about everything. Does that make sense to you too at all? Yes. And when I think about, you know, so just for background, Diane, I haven't been at the bedside in a year because I had a back injury and I had back mm. surgery August 2nd. But what I noticed is because in nursing, we are always on, we're constantly using our brains We're it's also very physically demanding role. And it's just nonstop, like mental stimulation that I couldn't just sit still, you know, I, I needed to take on more, even when I was away from the bedside and it's, it's, it's strange. And I still am not prioritizing myself when I should, because nursing has taken so much and takes so much in practice from me that I am like, Oh, I need to extend myself further in all these different ways. 
But in reality, I should be taking a break for myself. And so I think I'm going to learn a bit, a little bit more from this conversation and decide to prioritize myself because you've even noted that I am doing a lot. <laughs> Most nurses are doing a lot. I know you're both doing a lot. You would be part of this project um, yeah. besides your day job, besides your families, besides who else knows what else you, you responsibilities you have. And what Sarah, you bring up a good point about, I mean, nursing is it's not the easy path. None of, none of us picked it because it's cush, because we make a ton of money, because we get rich and famous. I mean, obviously. Um, it's, so it's physically and mentally and emotionally. That's the part we forget sometimes, that it takes its emotional toll, especially the last couple of years, um, with the ups and downs and the divisiveness and the politicalness of of this pandemic. And and things were things were stressful before. And things were stressful during, but now they're even more stressful now. I'm, I'm finding, at least with the nurses that I work with, because now the initiatives are back. And now, um, you know, the staffing is down because so many have left the bedside. And, and now we have, of course, we have RSV across the nation if you're in a children's hospital because everyone's been isolating for so long and kids are sicker and the patients are sicker and the acuity is higher. And, and, and the beds are, they're just slammed because everyone's getting their, their elective surgeries, you know, their elective open heart surgeries now. And so it's, um, it hasn't gotten any easier. And guess what? It's not going to. It's, I mean, it's not going to. So that's, I feel like we're at a real turning point right now in this profession. And I've been doing this a long time. And we've always been short staffed and we've always had, had travelers and things have gone up and down. But right now we're at a, such a critical that I have never seen. And of course, you've never seen it because you're both much younger than me. Yeah. But I've never seen the crisis in, in nursing right now in our profession as far as staffing and retention and recruitment and people leaving. And finally, we get to say it out loud. We get to say it out loud. Organizations are finally, I mean, those people that are up there, you know, the C people, the C-suite, they finally get it that we, we have to do something. This is, yeah. this is our largest workforce and we can't do anything without nursing. Yeah. And so that's the good news. As long as we can give, I mean, it starts, it starts with it. Of course, it starts with um, organizationally the top, but it also starts at the bottom. I think we have to meet in the middle for nurses to be able to say, it's okay to be tired. It's okay to be to be questioning if you want to do this anymore. It's okay. It's okay. It's not even okay to take care of yourself and make yourself a priority. It is absolutely. It is not an option. Yeah. It is mandatory. You cannot stay in this profession and thrive um, if 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 you don't make yourself a priority. And we we all hear it. Yeah, 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 yeah. I know, I know. But we don't do it. We don't. Yeah. And you know, just from you bringing up the pandemic. So post pandemic there's been a shift of many nurses leaving the bedside, as you mentioned. And so in order to increase retention or at least decrease the shift, what in your opinion is needed from nursing leadership? I think it's like a real commitment to the well-being of nurses. That's what I think it is. Not just talking about it, not just throwing a program flavor of the month. You want to throw a little money at it. Um, it's got to be a real commitment to a culture of well-being. And that means from the bottom up and the top down, it becomes a part of the culture. And it's not just one thing. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm big on, on well-being coaching because that's what I do because it empowers nurses, one nurse at a time, to make the best decisions about her or himself. 
but it's it's a lot of different things, but they it's a commitment and it's not a quick fix. This didn't get broken quickly and it's not going to get fixed quickly, but it's moving in the right direction. Yes, nurses, you know, need to be able to support themselves and make a good enough living. That certainly is without question, but it's not just the money because nobody went into nursing for the money. Um, it, they need to feel valued and supported and, and the structure, just the profession as a structure. So, you know, one organization at a time, one unit at a time, one shift at a time where people really respect each other because they respect themselves. And, you know, don't get me started on this. I can really get on, <laughs> on my high horse. But not good at this. We're just, as a profession, we have not been good at this in, in the past. And I feel like if not now, then when? If not now, then when? And this goes from the experienced nurse who's been in, you know, been in, been in, in at the bedside for forty years, uh, to 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 the new grad, to, to the new grad who's in in a residency program, and everybody in between. Um, and it it takes support. It takes support and direction and and a structure. And that's what I think. And I am grateful that today more than ever, more people are, you know, organizations are talking about this more. They are concerned about it more. We can talk about it out loud. And it's it's a real issue. They want to do something. I think a lot of organizations are not really sure what to do. Yes. I know we recently, I think at the end of this month, we're having a housewide retention meeting about why is everybody leaving and how we can fix this. And I honestly... To be completely blunt, at first we were all frustrated. We're like, you know what we need. We've told you multiple times, just no one's listening. And you get to this point, I think, at least for me, that I, you stop wanting to use your voice because you say, if nothing, if I keep speaking and nothing's getting done, what's the point? And you just, you know, because it's like mm-hmm. I've been only there for five years, and it's everywhere. Like you said, the grass isn't always greener. You just take what you have with you wherever you go, and so it's just. I think nurses are frustrated, but like you said, I think a lot of people want to help. They're just trying to figure out how, and I hope that, I hope we, <laughs> there's a light because we're struggling. <laughs> yeah, we are literally holding it together. <laughs> what do you need? What do you think you need, Carly? What do you think you need as a nurse at the bedside? Well, right now. I just support. I think when it just comes down to feeling like, you see me drowning out here on the floor in a hard day and you know, our higher ups come by and they smile and they wave and they say, how are you doing? And I just, it's just, how do you think I'm doing? I'm not doing well. You see me, I'm stressed out. They know that our staffing has been low because we've had a lot of, you know, different like float pool people coming in. It's just been really difficult to even keep our own staff on the floor. And I, when we, you know, we voice that, I always talk to my manager. She's amazing and I have no problem telling her, but then, you know, her voice has to go up higher and higher and higher. And it's just, I don't think sometimes it's just, I want people to get their scrubs on and come out and help us. It's just seeing that they're there to support us instead of being just in your office behind closed doors. I think for me, I'm very like action speak louder than words. I want to see you put in the work instead of just saying you're going to. So <laughs> Just to be honest. Yeah. No, I, I get it. I get it. And yeah. How are you doing? Really? I mean, you have to ask me. I mean, look at me. Sweating. Yeah. I get that. And it's I, like, I, I they're asking those questions. Meanwhile, like three of your call lights are going off. And I'm like, I don't even have time for this conversation. So that lets you know how I'm doing. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's, it's a conundrum, of course. I mean, it, there's no quick fix. 
But um, but I heard you say a big word, Carly, is support. To feel like you're supported, mm-hmm. like you're really supported. And even if it's a couple steps in the right direction um, and a real presence, I, I I can't say that enough. And the, the presence of leadership, I'm not talking about making rounds and having some FaceTime and waving. I'm talking about a real presence. So they, they, they get they get really what, what is happening on a day-to-day basis. And I know a lot of nurse leaders now are, you know, they wear scrubs and they, they do, they do rounding and they, they are right in there. Um, so that they really get it. They, they understand what the, I mean, there's been no words for what you all have dealt with in the last couple of years. And now, you know, we're on a different side. I don't even say we're on the other side, but on a different side, but you know, you're still traumatized. There's still a lot of healing to go on. You're still exhausted. The people that are still there, you know, they're, they're, you're exhausted. How could you not be? I mean, you've, you know, you've been loyal and committed and dedicated and, and you're still there. So not just recruiting, but how do we keep, you know, how do we keep our people? And that, that's where this whole well-being, um, because everybody's going to respond to something a little bit differently. And there's, you can't make more nurses. That's not happening. But you can at least retain the, the ones you have and, um, and, and with different levels and different kinds of, of support. So um, and so I, I hope your I hope your meetings continue. I hope you and I hope you will continue to be a voice because I, I, I understand how frustrating it might be to you just say you're, you're it's on deaf ears. But that's all you've got is your voice. And they need you. They, 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 critical time now. Now is the time to actually use your voice the, the best that you can. I know. I was going to ask you how, because even starting from when I was a new grad, I had the hardest time asking for help, as you said. And I was always very, I want to show people I can do it. I really don't know who I was trying to prove this to, but I could not ask for help to save my life. So what is your advice for newer grad nurses or just people that have trouble empowering themselves to do so to start from the beginning you mean like just nurses that have like all of us have yes just, asking for help because yes being completely autonomous and we want to be independent and we want to be strong and we can handle this um uh, yes um so first of all is to to model it um and and you you both are younger nurses but you're certainly experienced to model it and to, to actually to model it and to remember that it's a, it's actually not a weakness it's the opposite it's a strength to ask for help to know our own limitations to 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 honor our own limitations as as humans as as women as mothers as daughters as you know whatever it might be that we we all need support this is a tough Tough calling we've chosen, <laughs> and we we all need support. And it, and I I'm hoping, and and maybe I'm fooling myself, but I think the stigma around asking for help is a little better. M- maybe just maybe just a little bit better. But I know that EAP is um is certainly you know more active in Code Lavender and wellness. I mean, there's a lot more. Um, conversation and more openness about it and and certainly around coaching as well so the whole idea of asking for help as a strength not you know and you know the you know that I haven't had you know I haven't had a break I haven't gone to the bathroom all day I haven't had lunch I haven't had vacation my PTO I got you know 3,000 hours you know it, it 
guess what? It, it's not a bad, and that, that's what I mean when I say culture change. It's, it's small steps. It's not bit, it's not a quick fix. So it's, you know, you started the unit that it, it, it's okay. I want you to, you know, it's much better as an, especially as a new grad, you are not, you are not supposed to know everything and you don't even know what you don't know because all of us have been there. So when you don't understand something, and I just told my, we have a, our oldest daughter's second career nurse and she's graduating in December, but she's in the intern program. I said, if something doesn't feel right or you're not getting it, you just speak up. That's like the worst thing you can do is just to kind of fake it and say, yeah, I, I, I think I got this. Yeah. That's not what you ever want to do because it's it's probably you don't know what you're doing. Yeah. Um, so it's actually a strength. So kind of reframing that. And, um, you know, the other thing is that nurses, we, we, we love to help. We love to help and we need to help each other as well and be more collaborative and accepting of someone's limited experience or limited knowledge or limited ability to, to look at themselves realistically. You know, we don't, you know, what we think we're doing or what we think we know is not always, it's not always the truth, especially if we're inexperienced um, yeah. or yeah. and not taking care of ourselves. Not, we're tired. You know, we're, we're, we're in our heads and we're just thinking about the next thing and we're not really present. We're not really connected to what we're doing or engage. We're thinking about, you know, okay, three more hours. Okay. I, okay. Two more days, two more shifts. And I mean, that's, that's not the way to approach anything in, in your life and, and yeah. be, and be your best. That's a long answer, but that's my No, I, I love that. <laughs> yeah. Nursing just has so much work to do in terms of vulnerability and disrupting our hierarchies and how do we communicate with each other? How do we communicate with our colleagues, our peers? How do we communicate with nursing students, with CNAs, and help them embrace a positive culture and a culture that embraces being honest with each other and being honest when we don't know and how it's okay to not know and how it's actually harmful to patients if we don't tell the truth when it comes to that. And being wrong is okay as long as you own up to it and you learn from it and you grow from it. And I think, That's like you right. said, there are there are waves, and it's it's moving towards it's moving towards a better culture. But we still have so much work to do. And I think vulnerability is our strength. And if we can be vulnerable with each other and model that and mirror that with each other, I think we can make great change in nursing. And so, with your experience of working with nursing students directly. I know many of them have this fear associated with going through school, especially right now at such an unprecedented time in nursing. How can we, as seasoned nurses, seasoned, even though I'm at, I'm at four years, so I guess I'm still technically a novice, right? Uh, make the transition for these new graduates easier and also nurture their well-being to make the experience of getting into this field better for them. What are your thoughts, Diane? Well, I think um, I, I go back to modeling. Because talking about it, and you already said, uh, Carly mentioned this, actions speak much louder than words. And so nurse residency programs that are just popping up everywhere, which I'm thrilled about because it gives them some support. You don't just throw them in a night shift position because nobody else is there to work. Um, so the residency programs and the intern programs um, are very impressive, what a lot of hospitals are doing now. That's huge. But, you know, empowerment comes, it's, an incult, it's, a, it's a culture, right? We've already talked about this. So if you, as seasoned nurses, show up empowered, 
And you talk about that, you know, it's really important what you do on your off days, because what you do on your off days is contributes to how you show up on your on days. We all know that um, to do the things that, that help you feel good about yourself. So whether it's hiking or yoga, and I'm, I'm a yogi as well. So I'm all about, I'm all, but that's not everybody. That's not everybody's drawing, you know, whatever it might be, cooking, whatever it is that you do for yourself, that is so important. So when you come back in, that you actually feel like you're refreshed and renewed and re-energized to deal what we have to deal with every single day on a, on the best day to deal with all the things that we have to deal with, which no one else besides a nurse knows. No one, no one can possibly understand all the complexities dealing with human beings in compromised positions. And it doesn't matter if it's you know, patients and families and other docs and other nurses and other departments and the ER is screaming because you, you don't have a bed yet. You know, all, all those things, they have no idea all the things that you, the different things you manage besides the patient care. And, you know, the EMR, we could just go on forever, all the things that you're responsible for. So I think um, it just, it starts with role modeling. It starts with us being supportive of each other. So we supportive of ourselves and then supportive of each other. And we have not always been the best at that, not supportive of each other. But that, again, another cultural thing to really, to accept each other, to accept ourselves, accept each other and offer help and, and be complimentary and, and say the truth in, in meetings. And, and I'm just, because you mentioned that, Carly, don't just act like everything is fine. And you know, can you believe night shift? I mean, we this has been going on forever, right? I can't <laughs> believe it. She left this for me. You don't talk about that to everybody else. You talk about it to the person directly. Um, and you also things. don't know what their shift was like. You don't know why that was missed. And you if don't you know address what it together That's and you right. talk about it together maybe That's you'll get right. some insight and it's a 24-hour job right. you know and it, it's and speaking to one another about it instead of creating rumors and talking about people behind their backs or when they're not there just creates so more lateral violence and division and harm it's really yes. really harmful to create that kind of divisiveness because nursing only works when we are together and we are a team and we understand each other and we are respectful of one another. We respect each other and are empathetic towards each other because it's hard for everyone right now. And so having empathy right. for your colleagues is crucial. Yeah. And yeah. I don't know, it's just, we got to foster a better culture in nursing and Diane, you're paving the way and you have been for a very long time. So it's just amazing what you do. Well, it's, um, I, 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 I love everything you just said, um, Sarah, and I, I completely agree with you, but I'll tell you who has to start with. It has to start with ourselves Yeah. because if we don't practice self-compassion, we can't practice it with anybody else, not our colleagues, not our patients not our families, their families, our families, if we aren't kind, and it sounds, it probably sounds so woo-woo, but I'm telling you, we have this critical voice in our heads, as we've already talked about, overachievers, high performers, yeah. always wanting more, wanting to do more. We're never enough. It's never enough. Let me do yeah. one more thing. Let me get one more degree. Let me get one more certification. Yeah. Let me volunteer here. Let me be on this board. <laughs> Let me do this. And it's all good, but we forget who we have to start and end with, and that's ourselves. And sometimes all doing more, you know, doing more is not always the best thing for us. So if we can't actually have respect for ourselves 
and talk to ourselves in a kind way and give ourselves permission to prioritize, as you've already said, prioritize ourselves and make ourselves important. We're not going to do it with anybody else. And I, I, I know this from not only from practic, uh, professional experience, but from personal experience as well. It's this, this whole idea of compassion that, that our, our, this calling, our profession demands of us, but it's got to start here. Yeah, It's got to start here because if I don't feel good about myself, I'm not going to feel about, good about anything or anybody else. Um, not for very long. Yeah. Not for very long. So, you know, to, to your point, and now's the time. So this is a perfect time for this podcast, this conversation, to let other nurses know they're not the only ones. We're all feeling stretched. We're all feeling frustrated. We're all feeling like we don't matter. But but the, enough, enough. But the truth is, it's um, this is a time to use our voices uh, strong. It's a time to heal. Yeah. I love that, Diane. Well, Diane, is there anything else you'd like to add before we wrap up? Oh, there's many things I'd like to add before we wrap <laughs> up. But, um, I, I, you know, the biggest thing I want to leave with the two of you, because you are at the frontier, you are, you are the voice, you are at the bedside, you are the voice, is to, to carry this on about, you know, empowerment comes from within. Nobody else gives you power. But we as nurses, we give our power away a lot because we we, we, we talk about staffing. We talk about uh, about you know, this family, uh, this patient, and this problem patient, and, and the new EMR, and all the things that we have absolutely no control over. So what we have control over is the decisions that we make about ourselves. So we, I, I'm just going to encourage you to continue to empower yourselves and encourage other nurses to empower themselves. This means saying no to that extra shift. This means going home when everything's not already done. This means doing something for yourself when you get off work instead of indulging in something that is not going to be help you feel better about yourself. So it's really taking responsibility. That's that that's what I really coach nurses on is, you know, it's on you. And guess what? If it's on me, then I get to I get to change it. But if I if I give my power away and I'm powerless, I can't change anything. And then I am helpless. And then I am a victim, which none of us want to be. Um, but sometimes we can get there if we get too far down. Um, so that's that's my parting words to you all. And I just appreciate this opportunity because, as you could see, I'm, I'm quite passionate about this, this topic. And I think now is the time. Yes, it definitely shows. Thank you so much for joining us. It was such a great discussion. You're welcome. Yes. Thank you, Diane. Thank you for your, your great work, both of you. Thank you, Diane, for taking the time to join us today. Um, if our listeners want to see more from her, check out her website, dianeseag.com, D-I-A-N-E-S-I-E-G.com. And stay tuned for our Mental Health Matters episodes coming soon and have a wonderful week. Thank y'all. See you soon. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you.